morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. Why don't you grab your Bible, get yourself something to drink, and pay careful attention to God's Word today because it's really going to bless you, and it's really going to help you to move into this next season that God has for your life, and that next season is right now. Praise the Lord. Today we're going to first receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. And I have a scripture for you that actually ties in to today's message. We're going to be talking today about not limiting God. But even during the tithes and offerings, I want you to begin to remove the limits off of your life. Now in Psalm 81 verse 10, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Now, in a spiritual sense, God brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, He brought you out of sin, out of bondage, out of the kingdom of darkness, out from under the rulership of Satan, or uh, under the Old Testament type and shadow that would have been Pharaoh. So God brought you out of that system of enslavement, of depravity, of sin, and He's moved you into His kingdom of light, the kingdom of His dear Son. And now He says, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Now here's something very interesting. God cannot force your mouth open. Uh, it, this reminds me of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you still have to yield to the Holy Spirit, and you have to open your mouth, and you have to speak out the utterance. Now the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance, but you're the one that has to do the speaking. God's not going to grab your mouth, even, even with prophets today. God doesn't grab the mouth of a prophet and start moving it. The prophet has to yield to the Spirit, and by faith open his mouth, and begin to declare the Word of the Lord. And for your life, this works the same way. You must yield to the Spirit. If you're being filled with the Spirit, you just yield and you speak. You open your mouth and speak. And the more, the more faith that you release by speaking it out boldly and loudly, the stronger the flow of tongues, of unknown tongues that will begin to come out of your mouth. Praise God. Well, I believe it's the same way with receiving the blessing of the Lord, where we need to not just open our mouth, we need to open our mouth wide. God says, the wider you open it, the greater the blessing that I can get in there. So it's like showing up with a little cup when God wants to fill up a dump truck. And you come with a cup, and God's got this great thing that He could pour out, but He can only pour it into something that you can hold or contain. So we need to open our mouths wide. And I believe that's referring to open our hearts to an expectancy for God to be God and to do what He can do. After all, why is He called God? Because He's God. He can do things that we as humans can't do. He's unlimited in power and in wisdom, and in might, and in strength. So we need to be expecting God to do great things, but it has to do so much with what we are releasing our faith for God to do. Woo, glory to God. Please today, open your hearts wide, open your mouths wide, God will fill it. Now the same chapter, verse 16, 
he would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would have satisfied you but they didn't receive those good things because they did not open their mouth wide they grumbled they complained they had a constrained mouth and when they constrained their mouth they constrained the goodness of God from being reflected in their lives praise God I believe God wants you to open your mouth wide to receive all that he has for you the good things that he wants to put in your mouth I'm not just talking about T-bone steak or you know some some nice meal maybe you're a vegetarian something nice maybe some good broccoli right some steamed broccoli that doesn't really do anything for me uh, broccoli but uh, you know whatever makes you happy praise God but God wants to bring into your life those things that would be favorable to the finest of the wheat to the good of the land praise the Lord expect God to do something really good for you maybe you're thinking that you know, all, all I could do is just get something used in this one area. Well, God could bless you. God could cause something that's new to have a price cut. And suddenly the new one is about the same price as the used one. And the new one's a whole lot better. I'm just saying God can do all kinds of things for you. Open your mouth. Open your expectancy. Let a lot of praise come out of your open mouth. Just begin to praise the Lord. And that's something that uh, the element of praise is still, for many of God's people, a missing ingredient. We live in a, in a church culture today where the focus is on worship with a lot of, I would even call them syrupy songs like, Oh God, I love you. And it's just, you know, kind of a lot of the songs today, you can't even sing along to them because uh, a lot of the prophetic churches, you can't even put the song up on an overhead because there's there's no stanzas there's no verses there's no they're just how can I say they're trying to sing in the spirit and uh, you know the, I, I think there's a place for prophetic music but um, you know what what's really missing in the church today is praise uh, just all the worship all the time oh I just want to get close to God Pastor Stephen that, that's nice but you know we really have to have the praise if you don't have praise and worship and all you ever do is worship you're not going to know that heavy presence of the Lord because the Lord he dwells in the praises of his people hallelujah and if you don't get into praise you're not going to know breakthrough victory either Ooh, praise God hallelujah so you really need to have the praise in your life you need to be open your mouth wide praising God out loud hallelujah enjoying the Lord enjoying the things of God yes worship the Lord too but remember uh, you have to if you want to get breakthrough victories in your life you have to really praise the Lord mm, thank you Lord Jesus I see big blessings big blessings coming into your life I see your bills paid off I see your debts paid down, paid down, paid down, and just they're gone. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. All of your credit card debts paid off. Those of you that might own a home, a property, I see all of the mortgage notes getting paid off. Praise God. We're not talking 20 years or 30 years. We're talking about the suddenlies of God. We're talking about God filling your mouth with overflow blessing. Hallelujah. Filling your life with overflow blessing glory to God let God pour into you let God the Heavenly Father demonstrate to you his love for you by bringing these wonderful blessings into your life today I want to give you some keys some very simple steps of some things you can do to take the limits off of God hallelujah because God works with us he works 
with us to a degree where he even honors our expectation. So I want your expectations to go much higher today. I want you to begin by opening your mouth wide. Take off the little constraints where you're sipping everything through a straw. And you can't get a lot in with the straw. Just need to open your mouth. That way God can get a whole lot in real quick. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now today, let's continue to work the kingdom principles by honoring God, by bringing our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. A tithe is 10% of all the money that comes into your life, into your hands, whether you earned it from your work, or whether you got a raise, or whether you got some extra money on the side, maybe you had a garage sale and you sold, you sold some things. Um, maybe something was given to you and you sold it. Well, God says 10% belongs to Him. We, honor, we want to honor the Lord with the tithe, and we also want to be mindful to bring it in quickly. Don't pay all your other bills first, and then give God the tithe at the end. The moment money comes into your life, give God the tithe first. I'd like to I'd like to challenge those who are businessmen, businesswomen, maybe you have a corporation, maybe you run your own business. I would like to point out something to you that I think is important. We know that Abraham was a tither. Uh, it, I mean, it says he was in the Word of God. But when you study the life of Abraham, and you actually see him giving the tithe, or 10% of the spoils of a war, a small military campaign that he had won, when he's giving the tithe to the man of God in his life, who is Melchizedek, when he's bringing the tithe into the storehouse of the man of God in his life, really, if you examine that, that is a corporate tithe. It's not just a, I, I, I believe Abraham is a personal tither. In other words, the money that he makes in his personal life, if he's on salary or whatever the situation is, I believe he's tithing off his personal, uh, his personal money. But if you look at the example of Abraham, that's a corporate tithe. He's a business owner. He, he had 318 employees. He took them. That's just the men who were trained also, not only in their local vocation, but also had some army military skill. Uh, they, they, had a, they had some very good backing and training. And, you know, Abraham took those men with him, and they brought back all the spoil of the things that had been stolen from, from you know, Lot and the surrounding kings, and brought it all back, and he gave a tithe on that. Praise God. That, that's a business tithe. You know what? With me and my wife, when money comes to me personally, me and my wife, we always pay the personal tithe. It's the first thing we do. If money comes in personally, I don't just start spending that money. The first thing I do, take a tithe out. Why? It belongs to the Lord. Take a tithe out and, and do that first. But watch this. As a ministry, as a religious corporation, we also tithe on all the, all the money that comes into the ministry. Oh, that's a, that's a marvelous tithe going out also. Our personal tithe is a blessing. It's a blessing to the, to the ministers that are in my life. Praise God. It's also a blessing, the corporate tithe, when it goes out to the various streams of the, of the mighty ministries that we are connected to. But I tell you what, we are tithers. My wife and I are tithers, and this is a tithing ministry. And for those of you that have your businesses, if you want to see God bless you, not just personally, but you want to see God bless your business, let your business be a tithing business.
Woo, hallelujah, because Abraham was a personal tither, but when you look at his life, an example of him tithing to Melchizedek, that's a corporate tithe. That's a business tithe. Woohoo! Glory to God. Somebody just caught a revelation. Praise the Lord. Somebody else, you're starting a business and you're wondering, do I do I tithe off the proceeds of my business? Well, sure, you should do that. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, now it's time to do the works of Christ, to not just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. Now let's bring the tithe and offerings into the storehouse of God. Those of you that are mailing them in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you want to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so. We have an encrypted website, and it goes to PayPal, which is extremely secure. And you can go online to our website any time of the day, night, or any, or any time of the year, and you can bring the tithes and offerings in. Praise God. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and bring them into the storehouse of God. Concerning offerings, we also have special projects from time to time. Right now we are on the project of the aviation hangar, as we are believing God for an intercontinental jet, so that we can travel to the nations quickly with the gospel, as the television ministry is now launching. Uh, and that blesses many people through the internet and through television. There is still a need. And Jesus told me that. He said, you've got to also go in person. There is a need for us to still travel to the nations of the world. This will allow us to do that. We have a, we have a local airport. We are endeavoring to raise the provision so that we can buy a beautiful hangar for the incoming aircraft. Praise God. If you want to be a part of that, just visit the website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link, a header that says projects, and you'll see that project there. And I tell you what, uh, we're moving forward on it. Praise God. If you want to be a part of that, it would, it would be a wonderful thing. God bless you as you sow into that. Praise the Lord. Now, let's talk about today removing the limitations, taking the limits off of God. We know that God's not limited, but God will work with us according to our expectation and faith. So we want a wide open flow with a wide open mouth to receive all that God has for us. We're going to start today in Psalm 78. Why don't you turn over there with me today? Psalm 78. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise today. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into the primary message of Your Word today, that Your Word would jump into our hearts as a living rhema word, not something that would maybe just be like a, you know, a oratory style message that was preached and then forgotten, but no, Father, a living word where we take Your Word like we would take bread and eat it. We can take Your message, Your Word today, and it will give us the nourishment that we need, and it will keep us moving forward in the path that You have for us on the unique destiny that you have for each of us in with our individual lives and also the corporate blessing that you have for us as, as the church. Now Father we give you great praise and we thank you. We thank you O God. We open our hearts and expect you to do great big big things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you right now you're going to have to get out your plans. You're going to tear them all up because they're little bitty goofy plans. Maybe you are picking up on the right thing. Maybe you're getting the right direction. Maybe you're getting the vision, but you are trying to interpret it through your own lens, 
and you're going to have to you're going to, have to tear it up and you're going to, have to redo it. Not that the, the 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 overall view is wrong, but you've dialed it down so small that you could probably pull it off without God. And so that's not the way God works. You're going to need God to help you with the vision that He has for your life. Don't be concerned. He's an expert in fulfilling uh, great things. But you're going to have to do it God's way. And in order to do it God's way, you're going to have to stop trying to do this thing, you know, like you're just trying to hold it together with duct tape. You need to have a, the, a clear, defined vision, but you need to lay it out according to the heart of God, and not try to just get it done, but it's done in a half-baked way. You need to do it right. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to make it out of solid gold. You know, I'm not saying that if you're building a house, you've got to have ivory pillars. But I'm saying whatever it is that God has called you to do, whatever God wants you to raise up, or whatever God wants you to accomplish, it really does need to be done with an excellent spirit. And it needs to be done top notch. Okay? So it doesn't mean you have to go crazy, but it does mean that it should reflect the the goodness of God, the beauty of God, and the grace of God. Praise God. So we shouldn't just lowball everything, uh, because if you do that, you're going to get those kind of results. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Wisdom is flowing. Now, today we're in we're in the 78th Psalm. Let's go today to verse 40. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. I think that's that's a verse that we need to examine. They grieved God in the desert. Well, stop and think about this from the perspective of, of, a, of a parent. Let me give you the perspective from a father's heart. If a child is in disobedience and you can't really bless them the way you want to, because perhaps if you did, you would actually be honoring their disobedience. Well, they are limiting you from blessing them. And as a, as a father, that would be very, very frustrating. And that's the way God felt. God's like, I've got these great plans for you as a nation, and as individuals that make up the nation of Israel, I've got something wonderful for, and unique for each one of your lives, but you are frustrating me because you're living in so much unbelief and so much doubt, and you've got all kinds of sin in your life that's wrong, and you're continuing to do it, that you are barring me from blessing you, and that really grieves my heart because I want to express my love to you, but I can't do it because you're rejecting me, you're in unbelief, and you've got all these blockers, so God's saying you're limiting me from being the father, from being the daddy that I want to be. And I think sometimes we think about the person missing out on God, and the sorrow maybe in the heart of the person, but the fact of the matter is the person could be like, well, I'm enjoying my sin, where the person who could really be hurting actually could be God. And so we don't want to wound the heart of God, but yet that's exactly what they did right here. They grieved him in the desert. How? By blocking God from being able to bless his own children in the way that he wanted to bless them. Now, can you imagine in the natural, if you were a very wealthy parent and you wanted to buy a new vehicle for your uh, your child who's now at the age to be able to drive, and you wanted to get them something nice, 
but you just can't do it because they're so reckless still. Maybe they're so immature. Maybe they're so uh, uh, rebellious and uh, they would never drive it right. They would maybe speed. Maybe they would endanger their own life. And you're just like, well, I, I can't get you a good car because you, you would probably hurt yourself or somebody else with it. And that actually would hurt the heart of the father. So, you know, this thing is two ways. Uh, the, the children, the sons, the daughters, and also the loving Heavenly Father. And so we need to be mindful of that. We don't want to grieve God. He really does love us a lot, and He wants to get His best into our lives. So let's, let's make sure that we're doing our part. Verse 41, yes, again and again they tempted me. You could also translate it as saying, they, God said they tested me. They would do, just do these silly things to test me, like, can God provide food out here in the wilderness? Well, He did. Can God bring water out of a rock out here? There's no water out here. Well, He did, and He actually brought it out of a rock. I mean, He, he just did all kinds of things in response to their sarcasm in response, in response to their ridicule of Him, He just still kept trying to show them over and over how much He loved them, but they really made it difficult for Him to bless them because of their stubbornness. Let's continue on. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They put limits on God. Now, I'm not saying God is in heaven with handcuffs on, and He can't move because He's limited. That's, that's not what we're talking about. The limitation is that the good things that God wants to release, He can't do it, because He's limited because of their unbelief, their stubbornness, and their rebellious ways. So, we want to take the limits off of God. So often people think they're waiting on God when the reality is God's waiting on us to get things in order the way they should be. Now there can be a, an aspect of where God is not moving yet because He's waiting for some things to line up. But I would say probably 80% of the time it's more, it's more that God's waiting on us because He wants us to get lined up, us to get in the right place and for us to do our, our, our part of responding to the moving of the Holy Spirit. How can we take these limitations off of the Lord? What are some steps that we can take as the children of God to please God so that limitations are removed? Well, I think one of the number one things that we can do is get rid of small, I'm going to say it, small hillbilly thinking. Now, I grew up, of course, in America, but as a young boy, I was raised in Mississippi. And maybe if, if, you're, if you're from outside of America, maybe you've watched American television programs, and maybe they, the, the program was filmed in Hollywood or Los Angeles, and all you see are skyscrapers and, you know, big cities, and maybe you've seen New York City on TV. But I, I need to let you know there's some other states besides California and New York. And out of the 50 states, I grew up in Mississippi, which is actually the poorest state in America. Now, there are states in America that are wealthy, but there are some states that are having some struggles. And growing up, Mississippi had some struggles. Now, I think Mississippi is doing better today, but I tell you what, we weren't doing too good back in the 19, back in the late 60s and the 1970s, and life was tough. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Stephen, that life was tough? Well, 
never really had enough money, uh, eating government cheese, eating government peanut butter, uh, filling out for my grandmother the food stamp coupon book, licking the, this is the days where you would lick the food stamps. You'd have to lick the stamp, put it in the little book and take it to the grocery store. And then you could get your, you know, your bread and your butter or whatever it might be and get your free cheese or whatever it might be. And uh, we had a lot of peanut butter. We had a lot of free cheese. Woo, glory to God. But um, so, you know, we understood what financial shortage was. I'll give you a good example. I'll, I remember being, I think it was third grade. I think it was in third grade where I was at the school cafeteria. Of course, this is elementary school. And, you know, we've, we finished our lunch and we're taking our little cafeteria trays and we're going to put them back so that they could be taken by the ladies that worked there at the cafeteria and, you know, wash the trays. And so I'm standing next to Willie. He's a, he's a black guy. I, I'm a little white guy. We're buddies. And, and uh, Willie is taking another kid's spaghetti who didn't finish his spaghetti and, you know, spaghetti and marinara sauce. He's taking the other kid's leftover spaghetti and marinara sauce and he's putting it in his pocket. I said, Willie, what are you doing? He goes, oh, man, he said, uh, he, he said, Stephen, I'm so hungry. There's no food at home. There's just no food at home. Well, he was hungry, and I was hungry. At least we had a garden at home. Uh, but everybody was hungry. It seemed like everybody struggled financially. It seemed like poverty was all around us. And so I grew up really thinking that everybody was poor. Guess what? Not everybody's poor. <laughs> I never knew what New York City was like. I never knew uh, what uh, the, the oil boom in Texas was like. I never knew uh, what Silicon Valley would be like in California. I never knew uh, what prosperity looked like. I never saw it. By the way, one of the key price tags to do exploits is exposure. What do you mean by exposure, Pastor Stephen? you have to see it. You have to see somebody walking in it. You have to see somebody operating in it. You have to see it built. You have to see it constructed. You have to see it painted. You have to hear it sung. If you have exposure, suddenly you think, okay, now I can come into that. Because first of all, I know it exists. Second of all, I see it demonstrated. And third of all, they're human just like I am. And if they can come into it, there's somewhere there's a door for me to get into it as well. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord is opening the door wide for you. Open your expectation. Open your mouth wide. God's going to fill it with prosperity and with health and with longevity of life and with joy unspeakable. Get ready. Amen. Your best days are right now. Praise the Lord. Oh God, we give you praise. So I, I as a Christian had to get rid of small thinking. Now imagine Imagine for 18 years of your life, 18 solid years in church three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek Bible study, Wednesday night, three times a week, you get poverty indoctrinated into you three times a week. Wow. And, and you're all in poverty in the first place. And the preacher is saying, it's God's will for you to be poor. God doesn't want you to have any of this world's goods. And if you have it, you're a sinner and you've compromised and you're going to lose your soul. And, uh, whoo, we, I mean, we would hear that on a regular basis. Now, now think 18 years of that. God wants you poor. Uh, it's holy to be poor. And all of these wrong 
misguided religious conceptions that were taught from a a sincere heart, but a heart that was sincerely wrong in the area of biblical doctrine. Because when you read the Old Covenant, and if it helps you just to get straight to it, go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You'll see that in the eyes of God, and in the eyes of the Jewish people who understood the covenant, you'll see that prosperity is a blessing, and poverty is a flat-out curse. And if you were if you were in the curse, and the curse was working, you were you were experiencing poverty. And we were sitting there in poverty, trying to celebrate it, when God says you shouldn't even tolerate it. Wow. Wow, it's, it was like we were sitting on a trash heap saying, doesn't this smell good? And God's saying, wake up. You need to get out of this environment of poverty, of negativity, of always expecting to be in the last place, and begin to rise up to the first place. Hallelujah. And if you have any state, if you have any region, if you have any place suffering or hurting, it all is responsible for one thing who's at the top. Because if the person at the top is walking in the blessing, and the person at the top is releasing that blessing and walking in the wisdom of God, it will filter down. Just as it says in Psalm 133, it says, the blessing of God came down over the head of Aaron, the oil poured over the head, ran down the beard, came down the garments. In other words, it touches the head first and then gets on the body. If you go into a restaurant and the food is terrible and the the servers are terrible, it's not the waitress's fault, although they may be rude and yucky, and it's not the cook's fault, although the food may be coming out bad, it's the manager's fault. If the manager is tolerating all of that, it goes back to the head. If you want your state to rise to the top, you've got to have the right leadership. Hallelujah. If you want your restaurant to be successful, it's, it's going to be who's running the ship. Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! Well, I tell you what, leaders have to take responsibility. It, it, you have to rise up and take responsibility. Praise the Lord today. Hallelujah, my friends! You need to get out of that old poverty mentality, small-minded mentality. What's the largest offering you've ever given? I'm not talking about your tithe. What's the largest offering you've ever given? We'll get to the tithe in just a moment. You should believe to go way beyond that this year. You should, be, you should believe that the largest offering you've ever given this year, you can outdo it by five. And that the largest tithe you've ever given, you can outdo that by at least three or five as well. Praise God. Get rid of small thinking. Well, I just want to maintain. You can't maintain. If you're just maintaining, you're actually going backwards. That's like inflation. Well, I just want to make the same wage. You can't make the same wage because inflation is increasing. And if you're making that same rate, you're actually falling behind. Your money is not worth as much, uh, you know, uh, today as it was then because of inflation. Wow. Praise God. So you can't just coast. You've got to be increasing. Woo. Say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. They limited the Holy One of Israel through small thinking. Now, this is where Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is very important. It tells us to, to renew our mind. And that word renewing of the mind, the word renew, actually in the Greek is the word renovate. Just like you can renovate an old home and make it all brand new. 
uh, just put a new electrical in it, put new plumbing in it, put a new HVAC system in it. Just, I mean, just go after it. Take, just get all the old stuff out. I mean, keep the bones of it, right? Because that's, that's, that's strong and that's solid. That'll go a long time. But take the things that can, that can be replaced with the new stuff and renovate. Do that with your mind. Renovate your thinking. Get rid of this old thinking. Well, I've got to live sick. My grandmother had this in her, uh, her uh, DNA. And it was in my, my parents' genes. And I, I, it just runs in my bloodline too. Now get, get rid of that low-level thinking. Rise above that. Praise God. And, and rise into the place of divine health. Woo! Praise God. We thank God for doctors. But look, it's best when you never have to go into the hospital unless you're praying for somebody else. Because even with modern medicine, it's still no fun to get cut on. It's no fun to have to go through the healing. It's just better to stay healthy, walk in the health of God, take care of your body, walk in the covenant, which is the big thing, and just keep going with the Lord. Praise God. I'm, I'm telling you, change your mind, come into a higher place of thinking. You know, a, a minister one time shared that he was about to go out on the air on his television program and greet the people. And the Lord told him, he said, he said, when you go out there, he said, tell, tell the viewers that our ministry is now open to accepting multimillion dollar offerings. And, you know, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's some preachers, maybe you hear me share an example like that. You think that's just, you know, being silly or whatever. But, you know, that's also people that have these small levels of thinking. Uh, most of them aren't on TV. Because just to get on television, you have to, you have, your gears have to be turning differently. Because it costs money to get on TV. And, you know, you, you just can't, you, you're, you're fishing in the Pacific Ocean. You're not fishing anymore in a little bitty pond. So this minister went out uh, before his viewers and said, you know, the Lord told me to open up the giving to million dollar offerings. And he said, somebody watching, somebody out there just happened to be watching, going, going through the channels, saw his message, heard him say that, liked the, liked the message he preached, and sent in, gave him $5 million. That's that, oh, just one offering. One offering, boom, just like that, $5 million, because of one statement the Lord wanted him to make. So you have to get rid of small mentality, small thinking. Well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I, I'm just an independent business person. I just need a little contract. Well, wh why not a big contract? My wife prayed over a lady one time who, whose career fell apart. She was a floral decorator, and she did beautiful decorations of flowers, and she was really good at it. This lady got a heroin addiction. It destroyed her life, destroyed her business, and she was at the zero level. Uh, if, if anything b below that, she was on the negative of zero. And uh, a ministry partner of ours knew her and said, well, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen, will you and Kelly pray for her? Well, um, I wasn't able to get to her, but my wife was. And Kelly laid hands on her and prayed for her. That lady got her life right with God. The lady was healed from the urges and the cravings for heroin. She was set completely free. Are you ready for this? God restored her floral business, and she got a contract to decorate all of the floral arrangements in a home of a man who was the wealthiest man in the world. His initials B.G. You can probably put that one together. 
That is a true story. And now, you know, she's doing all the decorations. And when you have the kind of money like he does, um, I mean, you want nice floral decorations in, in every room, the kitchen, the, the bedrooms. And sh I mean, just that one contract was boom, kept her full time. Wow. And paid, paid royally. Hallelujah. My friends, I believe that the things the enemy has stolen and ripped away from your life over the years that you've lost the blessings of God, it's all coming back. And God's going to restore it back better, stronger, more solid, and more beautiful than what it was before. Get ready, because restoration is coming to your life. Lift your expectations to walk in the excellence of God in every facet of your life. Glory to God. The beauty of God seen up on you. Sinners are not spiritual. They have to see proofs and evidence of this good God that you and I talk about and preach. They can't understand a feeling. They don't they, they, they can't relate to a to a, a feeling. It has to be viable proofs that you can demonstrate to them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whether it's having the extra to take them out to lunch, the empowerment to do that. The empowerment to put them to work and give them a job, or the empowerment to say, look at that, that's what God did in my life. That'll certainly get the gears turning. Praise the Lord. So number one, you have to eliminate small thinking to take the limits off of God. Lord Jesus, we give you praise today. Hallelujah. I believe before the year is out, you're going to be able to sow the largest offering you've ever sowed in your life. And you're going to rejoice and be so happy because it's what you want to do in your heart. And I believe also that you're going to be able to give the largest tithe that you've ever given in your life. Praise God. And you're going to be so happy about that because that also is something that you want to do. Praise the Lord. Now, number two, how can we take the limits off of God? We have to deal, I would say with number two, I would say dealing with selective memory selective memory. Verse 42, they did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the enemy, when He worked His signs in Egypt. They, they just didn't remember that. They didn't remember their ancestors going through the Red Sea. And really not just their ancestors, that very generation that came out of Egypt, they themselves didn't remember it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. May the Holy Spirit bring back to your memory those things that God has done in your life. Look, if He's ever healed you once, He can heal you again. Why stay sick when the Lord who is your healer, who healed you before, is still your healer and He can do it again? Why run to the doctor? Why not run to Jesus sooner and faster and say, Lord, I trust you to do it. And that way I don't have to go through all this surgery and this operation. Lord, I want, to, I want you to work on me first. Praise God. Hallelujah. God still does miracles. He is a miracle working God. So I believe that we need to watch out for that selective memory of forgetting. We, where it seems like we can remember bad things, but the great things, it's like the enemy tries to make us forget. Make, make you have memory loss. But right now I see the angels of God giving you an injection of that, um, <clears throat> that very powerful vitamin, that Q10 vitamin. Glory to God, which helps you with memory. Glory to God. So you can remember those things of what God has done for you. 
Praise God. He's going to deliver you. He's going to do it again. Lord, we give you praise today. Hallelujah. So let's, let's eliminate the selective memory loss. Praise God. Let's recall all of the miracles God has done where He's healed us, where He has come through for us, and where He has blessed us. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of you need healing in your body. I want to encourage you to take your body, just like you would take your car, preferably to the original manufacturer. Why them? Because they're the ones who made it. You know, one time I owned a Mercedes-Benz, uh, a beautiful car, and just drove excellent. But I, I actually bought it from a Cadillac dealer. And so when I, I needed to have some work done on it, I took it back to the dealership that I bought it from. But they were a Cadillac dealership. And every time I took it to them, they would just get flustered. They, they could do some of the work, but some of the other stuff, it's, everything's laid out different, and would take them longer to work on it because they're not familiar with it. And, you know, the Germans, they just lay things out differently. They, they build differently than what the Americans do. And Cadillac being a GM product, uh, the, the workers there were just like, you know, they're like, you know what, this would be best if you took it to the Mercedes dealer because it's actually under the warranty that you got, the extended warranty. It covers your car. You don't actually have to bring it to us. They told me that. You don't have to bring it here. You can actually take it to the Mercedes dealer. I said, well, great, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Since the cost is the same, I'll just take it to the original manufacturer. And then they were able to fix things very, very quickly. Identify the problem very quickly. You should present your body to the Lord first when you're having a problem. Why? He's the one that made you. He's the one that created you. He knows how everything works. He knows what's going on. But so often, so often I've seen even ministers just run the doctors. Run to this one, run to that one, run to that one. Run sometimes to ten doctors and they still can't find out what's wrong. But they won't stop. They won't stop and just sit down and say, Jesus, what's wrong with my body? What's wrong with my body? What needs to be done to make this repair? Praise God. Praise God. Let, our, let us present our bodies to the Lord and trust Him for healing. Praise God. All right, so again it says, they did not remember His power. So be mindful of the power of God. He's got all the power you need receive it by faith today. Take the limits off God for His power to flow into your life. Number three, let's take the limits off God, number three, by removing all mixture and disobedience. Verse 41 says, yes again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They tempted Him and their hearts were not faithful to God. Verse 37, for their heart was not steadfast with Him, nor were they faithful in His covenant. We need to be faithful. We need to walk very, very close to God, so that the blessings of God are flowing in our lives, and so that disobedience is rooted out of our lives. Now, I want to read something to you from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 7, and this would be verse 42. This is Stephen preaching to the Jews just before they stoned him. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. 
as it is written in the book of the prophets. So now Stephen is going to quote, uh, quote from the book of Amos while he's speaking to the Jewish crowd. He said, did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? In other words, while you were walking through the wilderness with the cloud by day as an air conditioner, and the fire by night as protection, while you're going through the wilderness, did you really offer me these sacrifices? In other words, God's saying, I know you did it, but was your heart really faithful to me? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch, and the star of your God Rimphan, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Now, here's what was going on. While the Israelites were testing God, while they were limiting God, they were also limiting Him because of their disobedience. Moses knew it, but they hid it from Moses, so because Moses would throw them out of the camp. But there were Israelites, quite a few of them, marching through the wilderness, and they secretly had these little idols, and they had been discovered, these little images, they were carved out of stone, and they were little, um, little images of the star of their god Rimphan, and also they would have these little shrines in their tent, these little shrines of dedication to the very wicked god Moloch, whom their children would be sacrificed to by fire. And they carried those little false idols with them, it was idolatry, they carried those with them and worshipped them while they were being led by the cloud by day and the fire by night. And while Moses would go into uh, the very presence of God there in the tent in the tabernacle of meeting, while he's in there, they're in their tents taking their little break when the cloud's not moving, and they're secretly pulling out their little idols, and they're worshiping their idols. And when they were doing that, they are limiting the God of Israel from working in their life. Praise God. We need to get the secret sins out of our lives. If you have secret sin that you're practicing, and maybe nobody else even knows about it. Maybe Moses doesn't know, because you wouldn't want Moses to know he's going to ask you to leave the camp. He's going to make you leave the camp. And he, he's going to say this is wrong. But you've hidden it from Moses. Maybe you've hidden it from your pastor. Maybe you've hidden it from your spouse. But God knows. And when God knows, God is grieved. Why? Because God can't bless you fully while you're walking in willful disobedience. This is the part that many of the grace, teach, uh, grace teachers, they haven't told you that. They haven't explained that to you. They have explained that, yes, God still loves you. They have explained that, yes, you're still dearly um, loved by the heart of God. But what they didn't tell you is that you cannot go into your promised land while you're carrying around those false gods. They didn't tell you that, did they? Hmm. Well, I'm telling you that because that's the truth. Because this is the generation that died in the wilderness. And if you want to carry your little false gods around and worship them and have these secret habitual, habitual sin habits in your life, I'm not saying that you're not saved, but I am saying you're not going into your promised land. Because this is the generation that died in the wilderness. They never, they, Moses never got them into the promised land. Almost all of them died in the wilderness. And with their, with their idols, their false idols.
my friends, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to cut those things off out of your life and lay them down. And when you do that, you take the limits off God, and then miracles begin to happen. I'm talking about the most mystifying, puzzling miracles that others around you look, and they are, they are just perplexed by the amazing things that God's doing in your life. They're amazed by it. Hallelujah. And even those that would maybe speak against you, or grumble, or be jealous, and maybe uh, uh, try to, you know, write bad things about you, or say bad things, secretly though, they look back at your life, and they have to think, wow, that person is blessed though. And give it 10 or 15 years, and oftentimes those people will come and say, you know what, I, I have to admit that God's blessing is on your life. And don't be surprised if they want to come join you one day as you serve the Lord. Praise God. But you're going to have to deal with the uh, with these things, the star of your of the god Rimfan, and also the dedication and the worship of Moloch. Any type of secret sin, God will not tolerate it if you want to come into the Holy of Holies. If you want to go into your promised land, it has got to be cut off. And I think we see some things in the Scriptures that really help us. Let us go now to Leviticus chapter 11, and let's talk about getting rid of those things so that we can be pleasing to God, and that we can go into all of the blessings that God has for us, and that the limits are just removed, and just miracles are happening. Miracles are happening. Miracles of healing, miracles of provision, the gifts of the Spirit flowing, the marriage working right, everything flowing right. Hallelujah. Let's take all the limits off God. Let's get things working the way they are supposed to. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1. We're still talking about uh, the third step of what you can do to take the limits off of God, and this is removing the mixture and disobedience. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. And what can be eaten, and what cannot, what will be uh, termed clean, and what will be termed in the eyes of God unclean, all revolve primarily around two things. Watch this. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, in other words, the split, the hoof is split, you can eat it, and chewing the cud, that you may eat. So if it meets those two criteria, if the animal has the split hoof, and if it chews the cud, it's good to go. And if it's an animal that doesn't have those two things, it's out. Isn't that simple? Now, I want you to think about this when it comes to getting these things out of your life that would be displeasing to the Lord. Number one, the split hoof represents the upright walk with God. It represents having a walk that's right with God. You're going to have to get your walk right with God. You need to live right. When you look at the blessings of God, they are contingent upon obedience. If you do this, if, if you do this, you will live. If you do this, God says, I will do this. And you just see that the blessings are conditional. We have to do our part. Praise God. That's what it means to walk upright. That's what it means to be among the clean. You have the split hoof. You have a life that's pleasing to the Lord. You are doing what God said you should do in His Word, and you're staying away from those things that you shouldn't. Praise God. It's the upright walk, the split hoof. Also, 
the animals that would be clean, along with the ones with the split hoof, you had to have both of them. You also have to be, uh, be the animal that chews the cud. And the chewing of the cud really is when an animal is, uh, you know, we're talking about like a cow, uh, that, you know, like, you know, like a water buffalo, or whatever it might be. That is the digesting of the material that they are eating. So a cow basically has four different chambers in the stomach. And the cow will eat the grass, and then later while he's resting and relaxing, he will bring that grass back up, all that material he's already swallowed, he ate earlier, and he'll start to chew it, and he'll begin to break it down more, and then he'll swallow it again. Then it moves to a different compartment, it's brought back up again, and then he chews it again. And the chewing of the cud represents the believer who has the upright walk, but who also meditates on the Word of God day and night. Now, if you look at livestock, and you look at the, uh, these animals that chew the cud, they spend about, about 40% of their day chewing the cud. And that, that's a lot of time to be, as we would say, meditating on the Word. But many of you have jobs where you can do the job kind of like, almost like automate it, and it, it frees up your mind to kind of meditate on a Scripture. And you can just meditate on the Word, and bring it back up, and take that one Scripture, and just break it down, and break it down, and just you just meditate on it, and you're extracting all the nourishment out of it, and it's feeding your spirit, your soul, and your body. Hallelujah. That's what it means. Now, now look at this. Verse 3 says, excuse me, verse 4, verse 4, it talks about the camel. The camel, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. So the camel, even though he chews the cud, even though he meditates on the Word, which some Christians do, he still doesn't have a split hoof, so he's still unclean. And you'll see some Christians, they'll meditate on the Word, but then they actually don't practice it. They don't walk uprightly. And so they still can't step into those blessings that God has for them. One time, a lady in my church, she said, Pastor Stephen, I want you to pray for my son. He was, an, you know, an adult son. He was probably, you know, maybe about 30 years old. She said, just, she said, things don't work right for him. But she said, it seems like he's got a really good walk with God, and I don't understand what's wrong. And I said, well, you know, have him come over, and we'll make an appointment, and I'll sit down and talk to him one-on-one -on -one in private. And so when he came over, he began to present to me this side that he's got it all together with God. And the first thing he did is he gave me a five-page, single-spaced, typed, you know, uh, printout of what he does every day. He said he does this every day. Five pages of scriptures that he would read every day and confess every day. I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed. I'm above and not beneath. And he, he had all these scriptures and all these things, and he would confess them, and he would meditate on them. And he's trying to tell me, I do all of this, but things aren't working right in my life. In other words, he's saying, I chew the cud. Why, is, why, why are things not working right? Well, I knew what was wrong by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have the split hoof. He's chewing the cud, but he doesn't have a split hoof. I said, 
why do things seem so cold between you and your wife when you pulled up to the meeting your wife's waiting out there in the car and you two look like two popsicles next to each other no communication no sweetness what's going on and he knew I'd got him by the Holy Spirit he said well he said I he, he said I've got some sexual issues I said, what do you mean sexual issues? He said, well, I haven't been faithful to my wife. She found out. She's still devastated by that whole thing. And, I, and he, he basically told me that the person that, that I was involved with and had an affair with, he said, I've still got this thing going on with her at work. And she's a, you know, a fellow employee at work. And um, you know, I, I've still got that on the side. So basically he's saying, I'm married to this woman out there in the car, but I've got me another woman kind of on the side. You know, I've got me a, this plaything on the side. He's got his star of Rimfan on the side. He's got his, his shrine to Moloch over here on the side, and he can't understand why his life is so limited, why he has such little blessing in his life. Why? He's chewing the could. He's confessing all these scriptures, but he has no upright walk. I said, I said, look, you need to get this right with the Lord. You need, to, you need to stop doing these things. You have to cut this stuff off. You need, to, you need to go cold turkey on all this stuff, these things you've gotten yourself involved in. I, I can give you some steps to help you with that, that I don't think they work. I know they work if you're willing to do them. But you know what? He, he liked chewing the cud. He liked hearing about the blessings of God, but he didn't like that upright walk. He didn't like that split hoof message that I was trying to get across to him. So guess what? He's still in a mess today. Still, still living a life way, way below anything God ever intended for him to have. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 7. The swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, or in other words, the, 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 the hoof of the pig is split. Yet, the swine, the pig, does not chew the cud. Okay, so it's still an unclean animal. This is very interesting. Well, you have some Christians that have an upright walk. They're not out there in fornication or in immorality or doing things that would be that would bring uncleanness into their life. From that perspective, they they have the split hoof. They have an upright walk, but they're just like they're like an empty uh, an, an empty data bank they never meditate on the word and if they get out of church on sunday on monday they can't even tell you what the preacher taught on they 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 don't rejoice over the word they don't converse with the word they don't hang out with christians who talk about the word they just don't meditate on the word they really don't have any interest in the things of god they are living right because they know as a Christian you're supposed to. Thank God they got that figured out. But they don't meditate on the Word. And God told Joshua, God told Joshua that if you want to have good success, then you're going to have to meditate on my Word day and night. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds like quite a bit of work. Well, it is for a cow. A cow's chewing the cud 35 to 40% of every single day. Wow, that sounds like meditating on the Word day and night. Yes, chewing on the Scriptures, thinking over the Scriptures, rolling them over in your mind, pondering what God said, really taking it to heart. That way it really gets on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You have to have both. 
You have to have both. So if we want to take the limits off of God, we have to remove the mixture and the disobedience out of the lives that was so prevalent in the Israelites who wandered through the wilderness. Glory to God. We have to have the split hoof, the upright walk, and we have to chew the cud. We have to meditate on God's Word day and night. If we do these things, if we do these things, our hearts are enlarged by the Spirit of God, and we begin to take a hold of the promises of God, and faith becomes substance. Wow! And things start happening. God's power is released. God's peace is released. God's healing is released. God's joy is released. If you haven't been serving the Lord and you've backslidden, now I'm not saying you, you don't love God. I'm sure you do. That's why you're watching me. But you are not living a life that's pleasing to God. And the enemy has gotten inroads into your life and he's camped, he's camped in your life. You need to close those doors and get him out today. If that's you. Lift up your hands right now. I want to pray. I want to pray a prayer of rededication for you. Just pray and pray this with me. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I come back to you right now. Please forgive me of my sins of allowing the enemy to come into my life. I close every door that I've opened to the enemy. I close every door. And from this moment on, Lord God, separate me from the unclean. Lord God, may I have the split hoof. May I walk upright. May I chew the cud. May I meditate on your word day and night. Now say this, say, Lord Jesus, I rededicate my life back to you to live for you. Hallelujah. Now, don't look back. Get up and get going. Hallelujah. Jesus will bless you. Jesus will meet you right where you're at. So rejoice in the Lord. Everything's all right now between you and the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see the glory of God being released into your life. I see all ashes of things that were burned out in your life. I see them being turned into beauty. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Uh, there are quite a few people watching right now. God's going to give you your own home, and He's going to give you something to put on the mantle. Maybe you don't have a fireplace, but you still have a mantle in your house. Maybe it, it is over. If you do have a fireplace or a gas fireplace or, or somewhere still where there's a sitting room, and there's a mantle, God's going to give you something to put on that mantle as a token of His goodness, of restoration, of blessing, and joy. And every time, every time you look at that thing sitting on the mantle that God's going to highlight to you, to help you get by purchase, or He's going to bring it into your life, every time you see that thing, you're going to say, I will never put limits on God again. I will never get back into a place of restriction where my life is limited and I'm reduced to living a normal life like the unbelievers out there who don't know God, or those in the church who do not have the power of God working in their life because of their doubt and unbelief. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's going to help bring that thing into your life. Watch what God will do. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We praise you. There's some others. God's going to meet you at the doorpost of your house, and He's going to help bring a mezuzah uh, into your life. And maybe somebody's going to give it to you, or maybe you're just out, you just happen to see one, and you buy one. A mezuzah uh, is used by Jewish people. It's a beautiful 
like scroll and you put little scriptures on the inside of it but it's like made of metal or plastic and you put some scriptures on the inside of it and you secure it to the doorpost of your house or you know you put it on the outside by the door of your apartment or whatever it be that's a mezuzah basically saying that your your home or your dwelling place is dedicated to the Lord and there's scriptures on the inside of it the scriptures that your heart relates to praise God God's going to give you a mezuzah and every uh, and every time you see that thing you're going to say, I will never put limits on God again. This is the house where there's no limits on God. God can do big things in my life, and God is doing big things in my life. Hallelujah. I believe it was Dr. Oral Roberts who on his desk had a sign, a plaque on his desk that said, no small plans allowed. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, tear up your little bitty plans of touching two or three people, and put some more zeros, and make some plans of touching 200, 300, 2,000, 3,000, or millions. Glory to God. And God will meet you on that spot, on that plane, that level of your faith, God will meet you and do mighty things. Praise the Lord. Get rid of the little thimble, and get something big that God can pour in. Open your mouth wide. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people right now, that you help identify those areas where there has been limitations placed on you, that your people would throw them off today, just like throwing off an old garment, and say, God, I'm removing those limitations, and I'm not going to die in the wilderness. I will go into my promised land. I will go. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you. Let your power be released into their lives. Thank you, Father God, to rise up and to do great things. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And we all shout and say, Amen. Hallelujah. Now say this, say it out loud. No small plans. Now you understand that when we're confessing that, I'm not saying go out and do something crazy. Something, something big and outlandish that God never told you to do. All I'm saying is what God has for you, it can't be small or it wouldn't be God. Big plans big plans for the kingdom of God, to see men and women saved, to see the church strengthened, to see the work of God built up. Mm, praise God. Putting your hand to the plow, not looking back. Glory to God. Receive fresh strength and oil today in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion today. Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Please get some grape juice, some unleavened bread. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the juice, the bread. We consecrate it in the name of Jesus. This is now the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive grace and strength to live a life that's pleasing to you. Hallelujah. To say no to sin and no to temptation, and to say yes to you, hallelujah, to say yes to the big things that you want to do, to take up our cross, and to die daily, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, we receive the body of Jesus with great rejoicing in His name. Let's eat and partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They grieved the Holy One of Israel. I need to say this. 
I'm going to step on some toes when I say this, but the Holy Spirit would have me say this. Some of you, and I'm talking this, the Spirit-filled, Pentecostal, so-called full gospel folks, you have grieved the heart of God, Jehovah Rapha, your healer, because you always are quick to run to the doctors, but you're slow to run to Him. Whenever you have a problem, first thing you think is doctor. Nope, got to get back to the doctor. Got to get back to the doctor. And you grieved the heart of God by that. And that's why you're still not healed. That's why you're still not healed. That's why things persist. Maybe you get past that, and then boom, boom. It's just like you're going over speed bumps. Speed bump after speed bump after speed bump. That's not normal. That's not normal to live like that. Come to Christ, let Him take it away. Let Him take it away completely. Now run to the Lord. We thank God for doctors, and, and the sinners need doctors, because sickness and, disease, sickness and disease go together just like that. And I'm not saying you could be sick because you've been in sin, but I'm saying if something hits you, run to the Lord. Run to the Lord first, and you know, talk it over with the Lord, and you know, depending on your faith level, you know, you may be able to get this whole thing done with the Lord, or the Lord may say, you know, get the shot you need, and, and use faith, and stay close to me, but all I'm saying is that some of you have grieved God because you never went to the Lord first, and if you would have gone to the Lord, He would have healed you. He would have healed you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If that's you, we are taking communion. It's a good time to get right with God, and tell the Lord that you're sorry that you grieved Him, and repent of that, because that's wrong. Praise God. We should go to the Lord first. Mm, watch out, because if you don't, the enemy's tricky. The enemy's tricky. Glory to God. Even the Israelites got fooled. Israel's entire leadership got fooled. When a local tribe that God said, drive them out of the land, they realized the Israelites are too strong for us. Let's trick them. Let's change our clothing and put old rags on and act like we're a bunch of vagabonds traveling from a far distance and let's try to connect with them and make a covenant with them so they don't kill us. And the Israelites, without asking God first, they embraced Him and made a covenant with them. And then they found out and they're like, those guys tricked us, but now they can't do anything to them. And they realized the reason we messed up and now we're going to have to live with this, is because we didn't, we didn't ask God first, we should have gone straight to the Lord. That's what the leadership should have done. But you're the head of the ship of your life, you're the captain, and if there's something that's big, you need to go to the Lord, talk to the Lord about it. I mean, you're going to have a major surgery, you're not even going to talk to the Lord about that? Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Don't, don't be upset if, you, if God heals you, and you can't make that appointment. Just, you know, cancel. Tell them that you're healed. I'm sure there's enough sick people that can take your place. The doctors can put somebody else under the knife. You can just enjoy your healing. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. Let Your Word be our guiding truth. Let Your Word be the guiding standard of our lives. Lord, you're Jehovah Rapha. Let us believe it. Let us act upon it. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, O God. We will not limit you. We give you praise. We take off all the limits. 
Lord, release your power now as we receive communion. Release your power. Release your healing into our bodies. We receive. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now get ready to be enlarged by the Spirit of God. He's going to lift you up. He's going to give the vision. He's going to show you what you are to do, and it's going to be really, really good. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Lord, we give you praise. There's a travel anointing. If you want to travel, maybe you haven't been able to. You have been restricted, maybe financially. You have been restricted, maybe physically. You can't go because maybe you're sick, or you can't fly on a plane because of certain limitations medically. Get ready to go. Praise God. If you want to receive the travel and anointing, just lift your hands right now. Heavenly Father, I release an anointing to travel, to travel and to do so peacefully, and to do so without strain, and to travel in a way that's enjoyable. Now we give you praise. I release that anointing now. Receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God's going to make the way. You just make the plans. Glory to God. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. You're so good. My friends, thank you for watching today. Keep increasing in the Lord. Until next time, you be richly blessed. Bye-bye.